If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. We didn't have protests last night. We had criminal acts. We didn't have people mourning the death of this man, George Floyd. We had people capitalizing. His death is on their hands. We are waiting for the mayor, respectfully, and other mayors and governors to call us. We are ready, willing, and able to go in there with great force. What is San Luis Obispo like? This place is mainly full of rich, retired white people. And if you're not rich and retired, you're just a very, very wealthy person that lives here. So there's no racial tensions here? You think, you don't think so? Uh, At some point, we may have no other choice but to go in. Did anyone hear about some kind of kidnapping that was going on out here? We're equipped with the best equipment, the best people, and you see what we're doing. I mean, Portland was coming down. It was busting at the seams. You notice someone being snatched and put into a vehicle by law enforcement um, being kidnapped. Would you guys say anything? Yeah, I don't think the uh, police department around here uh, would really do anything like that. This is Theo Henderson from Weedian House. We're on our way to San Luis Obispo. We are taking the Dark Heart Highway, and we have no idea what's going to be in store for us, but we're optimistic on finding out what's getting down to the bottom of what's going on with Tiana Arada. More to follow. It's a foggy uh, morning. It seems that the overcast it makes driving very difficult down to San Luis Obispo. There are trucks up front of us and very, very few cars, but it seems like this is the morning where things get moved and businesses like trucking is on the road. And there's a lot of fog. You can barely see your hand. My goodness. More to follow. 
I was expecting a welcome to San Luis Obispo, but the GPS monitor is taking us to the center of the city. Uh, I see houses, uh, the Remax signs. It's looking a little bit like Mayberry RFD a little bit. I guess if you if there was such a place. And a little bit of modern. It's quiet and it's a very foggy, overcast day. A little cool to them. They say in order for us to truly understand one another, we have to walk a mile in their shoes. So far I'm walking a mile in activist Tiana Arada's shoes and learning a lot about her. She is an awesome example of how she is trying to become the change that she wants to see in the world. Unfortunately, a lot of people that uh, disagree with uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and uh, disbanding social justice and equality look at her differently. They look at Black Lives Matter and the activists as some kind of violent criminals. And no exception was San Luis Obispo police officers. Many years ago, Oprah Winfrey said this is the happiest place on earth. I think that's subjective because right now, how could you be happy if you're being kidnapped and, and blamed for the injustices that you experience at the hands of law enforcement and the society at large here? This is Theo Henderson from Weedy House. I thank you all for listening. May we again meet in the light of understanding. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and House. I'm here and speaking to one of the activists here, and he's going to give us perspective what uh, the breakdown of what happened. His name is Kevin. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Hello, nice to meet you. Good. Thank you for me. So, um, tell us what happened here. Well, I don't, I can't, can't really actually remember the exact date, but July it was a Tuesday. July 23rd, yeah. So it was a Tuesday. Um, I got here late. I didn't know that uh, the, there was an actual protest. When I came here, everybody was here relaxing. The protest was over, but then uh, we get make a call. We find out she's been arrested. Come back over here, and it's mass chaos and confusion. And there's no police officers around, but there's at least 20, 30 people still out here, upset and confused, and not knowing what's going on or why anything of this is happening. Um, got a little tidbits of information, some more information, and then I finally saw the video. What is going on? What did the video show? The video shows her being handcuffed, shows about seven or eight police cop police officers, I should say, and um, her clearly stating, I am not resisting. I am not resisting. Um, it happened about 
I'm gonna say about 400 feet over there. Where what is going on? What is going on? Why are you doing this? Now, to backtrack, because I was not here, this is eyewitness accounts, and we're talking more than more than 20 people you know, seeing the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, she went to her car. Uh, one of our other activists, his name is Marcus, went to give her a hug. Uh, and in the process, a police uh, cruiser rolled, rolled by, and a police uh, and a motorcycle cop rolled by stop towards the front and then all of a sudden all at once about four or five more cruisers came over they all jumped out of the car they grabbed her put her in handcuffs and that's what she went to do i'm not resisting i'm not resisting threw her in the car and that's where i come in at that point so the car is gone i'm getting information uh immediately go out to the jail on kansas street She's not at the jail. Our city mayor comes comes into the jail, and we find out she's actually still at the precinct, and she's been there for more than two and a half hours. Which, okay, no problem, I understand. But then we find out they're not releasing her to jail because they want to make a press release, hmm. which I've never heard of before in my life. Mm -hmm. So, press release happens. And we ended up going back to uh, the precinct. And I'm with the mayor. I meet the mayor there. Then we go back out to the jail. And from there, that's when we find out the charges. Um, but we also find out um, another activist of ours who, uh, who was charged for assaulting a police officer. We find out his charges. Um, basically, about five and a half hours later, Tiana was released on her own OR. And then we had to post bail uh, for the other person out there. Um, he was released about an hour later, and from there, um, we are here. And currently, you know, Tiana has been put on the Lalo and uh, kind of put on the release factor until further notice, um, and that's and that's okay. But since that time, you know, we've had um, three silent protests, and we've done some other stuff, and we have meetings with our local. Uh, with our mayor, we also will have meetings with our local sheriff, um, Ian Parkinson. He was the reason that this even happened, that protest even happened. It's just some statements that he said, basically saying that racism, you know, that, that form of racism uh, doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And it does, it exists everywhere. Okay. Just because you don't see it, you know, because unfortunately, you know, he is behind a desk, you know, mm -hmm. so he's not out in the field. But I want to say that his statements kind of hurt me because I know him as a personally. Um, he is a, actually a very good person. And unfortunately, I don't know where the statements came from, and it's it's just it's just bad. It's all bad. It's all bad because he's not in my mind. He's not a racist. He just made a very bad statement, and honestly, he needs to come forward and apologize, and just be real with your position. You know, as the sheriff of the county. 
know, you gotta you gotta take into account everything. And you can't just assume something because of what you think you don't see. I want to know too, as because I this it's new to me because I'm not from here, and LA has its own uh, animal, if you will. Um, what is St. Louis about? Does there, like you said, there's racial incidents here, but I've interviewed a few people and they like, share the same thing with the sheriff's belief that it don't exist or it's uh, outside agitation. What is San Luis Obispo like? What, tell us about this. This Wait. place is mainly full of rich, retired white people. And then, if you're not rich and retired, then you're just a very, very wealthy person that lives here. Um, that being said, you know, the minorities here, there, there are lots of Hispanic people here, but there's not many black people. Okay. Pretty much uh, the last time I remember the, the statistics of it, but basically out of every 10 people that live here, a foot basically is a black person. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> not even, we don't even represent a half a point or something like that mm-hmm. out here. Um, but I've lived out here the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from the Bay Area, but I've lived out here for a long, long time. And I would say I have seen scores of black families, you know, come here and want to live here and thrive here. Mm-hmm. Why haven't they? One, it's really expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. And two, it's really expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. Um, and three, a lot of people just don't see opportunities mm-hmm. here, unfortunately. Um, but for, you know, the other cultures out here, they do pretty decently. But with the exception of, you know, like the Hispanics, they gather together very well, you know, and they, they do very well out here. As a, as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of black people move out here and they don't have a lot of families mm-hmm. out here, so it's kind of you against the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then this town is also like you know, family owned. You know, mm-hmm. it's the Sims family. Every school that has a name behind it, that was a family that lived out here. Mm-hmm. So and I believe this park too um, is, a, is in regards to, to families that lived out here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Madonna's, st- the Madonna family is still out here. They're a very big, huge name out here. Um, the law firms that are out here, uh, it just, it's a mainly you know, white town. It's, it's, it's run by, you know, white people. And I'm not saying they don't do a good job, because right? everybody has their faults, and everybody has their strengths, but there are a lot of things that need to change, you know. I heard uh, from an older gentleman that lived here uh, during this time he said um, when he was growing up there was a lot of racial incidents here and he he was wasn't white he, so he it, and he says you know the older the generations that he grew up with and after him um, they may have changed he might not be seen that way now but uh, do you know anything about the racial tensions that went on here or heard about in it I know you're not you're a young man but of course there was obviously something going on here I don't know a lot about the racial tensions in that that aspect. Uh, I mean, I have, I have been, you know, had racism put on me by the police you know, several times. You know, basically, from being a teenager, being able to drive up until December to, uh, uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, the only real racial divide that I do remember of, because I went to the local high school, and we did have a problem up there with the skinheads, and it came pretty close to. All the Hispanics and all the all, everybody of color almost, you know, basically picked sides one day, and it hadn't been for the actual principal mm-hmm. at the time, there would have been a racial fight up there. It'd, it'd have been a race war because it was it was going to happen. There's no doubt about it. And that person diffused that by 
kind of getting, kind of meeting with us and asking us what needs to happen and mm -hmm. what we do. You know, we saw we saw enough changes that we're we back down or relaxed down. I should say. I was because when I was coming in here, I, I, it, it reminded me of maybe our of the with the cross of uh, Mississippi burning kind of thing. <laughs> Not because, in, in, well, I'm gonna say in a bad way, but it's just yeah. like when I was starting to ask questions, I got that feel like, okay, you know, we don't have no problem with our Negroes down here. Uh, you know, it's just outside agitation. You know, that's basically almost literally what the guy was saying. I'm like, okay, this is not <laughs> exactly what I, I, you know, I wanted to hear, but then it also is what I needed to hear because sometimes that's what the world that they live in that they don't realize that under the surface there may be some uh, some tension there that they, they are completely oblivious about. Absolutely. Yes. I agree, I agree with you there. That, as for the outside influences, that's a bunch of bull. <laughs> now, what they mean by that is they're saying, well, you got these kids who go to Cuesta and Cal Poly, they mm -hmm. don't live here. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? They live here. Mm -hmm. So they're part of our society, they're right, part right. of our community. Right, right. So that, just throw that out to the river. Right. That, that, Mm -hmm. So, and even with our with some with some of the activists out here, you know, there are some that live here, and there are some that are students, you know. But, but they, they also see something that needs to change. Absolutely. So obviously they have something together. <laughs> Absolutely. And they they've seen it. They've yeah, seen yeah. the racism. They've been. They've had things happen to them that you know wouldn't happen to anybody else mm -hmm. in, in general. Mm -hmm. Whether it be walking in the store and wondering why you're being stared at or watched or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. As a matter of fact, that's gotten a lot worse lately. No, really? Yeah, I mean, this whole COVID thing, one, makes everybody scared. Mm -hmm. And then you add into the fact that, you know, they see Seattle, they see Portland, mm -hmm. they see what's going on in Dallas. Or oh, they see the shirt of we didn't yeah. uh, black, uh, yeah. black matter, that, that just gets them on edge. Or yeah. they see this right here, mm -hmm. they wonder what's going on, you know, mm -hmm. what's, what, why, why is this guy doing this? Okay, mm -hmm. well, hey, let's just watch him, you know. And I gotta admit, like yesterday, or Monday was my birthday, mm -hmm. and I was in Ross, and I was being watched. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got like five people in the whole store, that's, you know, and I'm being watched, and there's several other people all around. And it just, it made me feel like, wow, I thought these days were like, pretty much over. Especially, you know, you walk into a store, and you got a pocket full of money mm -hmm. that you earn legally. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely, absolutely. And just, just how, it's just how they make you feel out of it, you know. There are, there are a lot of times you can be anywhere, uh, anywhere in one of these parks, in a store, eating dinner. You know, I've had I've had people literally get up and move because they didn't feel comfortable sitting next to me and my friends. You know, That's whether hard. it be friends of color or just me, a couple of white friends, a couple of Mexican friends. You know, I've even had instances, and this this is true, where. Uh, we're gonna say, uh, I'm just throwing an example, Olive Garden. And we're all dressed up nice, you know, we're dressed up to go out and went to Olive Garden a little bit early, had a couple of drinks, and just literally watched some older people get up and say, I would like to be moved. Uh, I don't feel comfortable sitting next to the next people. And, I, and, that, and that's happened on several people. That's happening. When I say several occasions, like recently, <laughs> it's recent, you know, a couple of years. So therein lies the point that there is a problem here. There is a racial tension problem here, yeah. and and people are resistant to acknowledging that, which is what I, I suspected. Because the way, when anytime I hear people curb it, shut it down, I'm like, okay, I know full well. I've been I've been black for a long time. 
you know. <laughs> I know, I, and I went to school in a predominantly white area, very Christian before. I know how things get down. It, it is, it's just, you just don't want to see it or you just are uh, willfully ignorant. Right. Um, so I, I wanted to say, what do you think needs to change here in San Luis Obispo? For our police, honestly for me, they need to be better educated. I feel that you cannot become a police officer in six months. You can't be a sheriff in six months. And the only reason why I say that is because you can't get a degree in six months. Yeah, yeah right. You got a, you know, two years, 18 months? Mm -hmm. As soon as you can get a degree, it took me four, oh, was it five years? Yeah, but yeah, you know, mm -hmm. full, full degree, but you know, if you mm -hmm. don't get a trade school vocational degree, it's yeah. 18 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in my opinion, they need to be better educated. You know, better educated, you know, the psychology side of things, you know, the economic side of things, and realizing just because, you know, I have, a, a, like for instance, I have a nice watch on, mm -hmm. okay? Don't think that I didn't pay for this. Yeah, or you, you, know? or you have a, got, a gained it by criminal activity. Exactly. That's another thing. Yeah, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's my deal behind that. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I, I would like to see that. I would like to see our police force better educated have a better understanding you know don't get me wrong I'm not saying get rid of them because we need we need police you know but you also got to remember as a cop you choose for that employment mm -hmm. this isn't something you're forced to do and I want everybody to know that mm -hmm. it's important that's the one thing I would like to see with the police force in the way of just community relations I would just like the people you know especially folks to know that we're, we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're not here to harm you. We're just like anybody else, you know? Like, I deliver groceries to people, mainly they're elderly. Mm -hmm. I don't care what color you are. I'm, I'm just delivering your groceries, making sure you got your food, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't want you to feel uncomfortable because I'm a black person delivering your food. And that has happened a couple times, you know? And we just kind of got to just smile it off and laugh it off. Um, but that's my thing. I just want everybody to understand we're here, you know. We're just like the next person. Just because my skin is brown doesn't mean I won't come drink a beer with you and talk whatever. That's how I look. Thank you very much for your time. I got him up so early today and uh, happy belated birthday. This is Theo Henderson from We and House. Uh, we are down here to investigate and expose the corruption that has gone on with the kidnapping and uh, harassment of Tiana Arada and her, uh, her other fellow activists. And stay tuned for more. Theo Henderson from Weedy and House. Here we are on the trail of trying to find out and make sense of this craziness that's happened where one of the activists, Tiana Rada, has been kidnapped uh, as well as harassed by the San Luis Obispo police, where police are, sometimes can be universally bad. I guess they pass it on. So here in the studios is a lady. Uh, she'll introduce herself and we're going to talk about what is going on. Hi, my name is Kaylin. So I'm a San Luis Obispo resident. I've been here for the past three years and I'm a student at Cal Poly Slow. Um, I've been participating in the community activism and protests of San Luis Obispo for 
about the past two and a half months. Um, I've seen Tiana do amazing things for this community and to see what happened, the egregious acts that uh, happened here in Mitchell Park in San Luis Obispo were really just a shock because you see this all the time on the news but you never like imagine that it'll happen to someone that you really care about and someone you actually know and you know our I believe county sheriff is a county sheriff yeah Ian Parkinson he made a statement a few days ago and he said racism exists everywhere but the county of San Luis Obispo but obviously oh as you can see um from the story that it exists everywhere and no one is immune to it. No county, no city is immune to this. And we have to do the best possible, um, you know, policies and actions that we can to um, help all black lives survive and what's going on. So I, I want to say, you know, because uh, San Luis Obispo is a very wealthy area. So tell us, let's lead up to what, um, Tiana is an activist. So what has she been active on, particularly like the Black Lives Matter um, as, I, as well? So what, what other works have she been doing that she's so prominent about and why would she be targeted? So she's been working with um, Race Matters Slow, uh, a community um, organization, but she's mainly been organizing with fellow black youth in the area mm -hmm. to organize just tons of protests the past few months, um, mm -hmm. especially after everything that happened with uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Right. So they've been organizing in places like Mitchell Park, where we are today, um, in front of the Slow County Courthouse and everything, and organizing just a ton of marches, having beautiful, eloquent speeches. Yes, this is a Black-led movement, and that is incredibly important and crucial. But non-Black people and white people, I need you doing some basic legwork. It is not my job to do all of this. When I came before a few of you, many of you, maybe most of you on Sunday, I told you, I feel like I'm being suffocated by the demands from my community. I'm not saying I don't feel honored and I feel like I have a platform to finally be able to speak out on issues that are usually pushed under the rug, but it's a lot, it's a lot to handle. <sighs> to white and non-black people, Please don't look to me for all the answers. Use your resources. You know you have them. Don't act like you've never taken a class before. Studios is uh, Marcus. Thank you, Marcus, for showing up. Um, can you tell us what happened on the night of uh, the incident? So on Tuesday night, um, sorry, I cannot remember the exact day, but July 21st. July 21st. Thank you very much. So on that night, we had just finished our um, our rally, I guess you could say. Um, we gathered back here at the gazebo in Mitchell Park and um, before we had left, we had noticed that there was four officers on their bikes. Um, across the park and they were just sitting there and 
for some reason, we all just felt like something seemed a little off about that. Um, we had also seen that they had pulled over two cars prior to the arrest. And the, the way they pulled over the cars, it just seemed like those cars may have had people that were associated already with us. So they were maybe just wanting to question them. But after that, we, I had seen right before we had walked out of the park, another officer or two officers in the car had pulled up. And um, I guess you could say maybe off of instinct, I mean, being black, you can just tell that when someone something's about to go down, something's about to go down. you can tell that after organizing something and what had happened on the freeway, uh, the incident that occurred, that maybe something would just occur out of this. And so I wanted to make sure that she had left before they had left. Um, but then as soon as we were just waiting for that, they had decided to make a move. And then another officer, two officers in a car had um, drove the car right into the intersection. They didn't hit anybody or anything, but they had sped into it, stopped, and came out as if they were trying to, yes, like they were trying to kidnap someone or someone of high interest. And so when taking her, they had hit one of her friends, had pushed another friend of theirs to the ground. And um, as they were doing this, uh, my I know particularly this mo at this moment, any involvement that anybody does, you could find yourself either being arrested or being hurt. Um, but for me, I just found it so crucial after all these incidences that you see on TV and especially of recent, especially with black women, that I had to do something. So I didn't get physical with the officers, but I made sure to hug her as hard as I could mm -hmm. and to just try and prevent them from detaining her without any actual lawful reason because they were not telling us why she was being detained yes. or where she was being taken. So all those things were just too, they just made me too anxious with, like I said previous, to the things that have been happening with black women and black people in general, that mm -hmm. they get taken and you don't particularly know what's happening. Right. And we also had this march in, con in conjunction with um, the uh, events that were happening with in Portland. So people that Trump has hired, he's taking them in unmarked you, cars. Exactly. And so, not that Ian Parkinson is directly affiliated with Trump, but taking a message from his book and doing something similar like that, it makes you anxious, so you don't know. So you want to do as much as you can to prevent that from happening without the proper answers. So I wanted to do that. They pushed me off, of course. Um, they put her in the back of the car. She sped off. Uh, they sped off. I tried to, you know, you're such in a heated moment that all I thought about is I just wanted to chase down the car like a dog and see if I could do something. That didn't work. I came back. Um, and as they were still around the area, you know, there's a whole bunch of us just asking where are they taking her, why she's being taken in. It goes from, we can't tell you, oh, to this one reason, to we might, she might be there, we can't tell you. And you can tell that that the actions that they're taking and how we're coming about them, I mean, KSBY was still there, so they had caught this. So the fact that they're not giving us any of these reasons, it, they, you could tell that they, they messed up. And so they gathered everyone really quickly and left. And so we went to the first station on Santa Rosa and next to Walnut, right. and they had already barricaded it. So from my perspective, if you are in the lawful right to take somebody, why would you have this barricaded down? I mean, I can understand the aggression of the people take, uh, that would come to there, but if you're on all lawful rights, you have nothing to hide, you have every right to take her, you can have everybody yell at you, but you know you're within your rights. The question I had, is even deeper than that, is that um, I was uh, informed by Kevin is that they had, instead of taking her to jail, they held her for two hours for a press release. Yes. That's not even, is that correct? Yes, that, that is actually correct. So after realizing that we could not enter into the in the Santa Rosa um, uh, department right. that we went to the county jail and waiting there for her arrival and, you know they, they tell us oh we're, we're processing her she'll be here in a second or in, in an hour or so but that whole time 
while we were waiting, we then saw that Slow PD had already came out with a narrative. So before she's even booked properly, and really the case is even really played out, they're already making a narrative already on their on their Instagram or Facebook, and we were already looking at the comments, and so that doesn't help out before the story or the whole narrative is out to give your only perspective to then have the people within who one believe in you already mm -hmm. to believe in that and then other outsiders who don't know then are going to go to that story and then make their story based off of that that's one of the things that i noticed that law enforcement does, that does it and not just not just san luis obispo they have a very uh perverse knack of making sure that they create the story that the people that they are a person of color is the criminal and paint that picture in the mind even though that's, that's not true and they know that people who uh, blindly bootlick or, or, or deify police officers, they're not going to question that they do anything wrong. Because, and they're not going to be out here on the protest because they feel that they're doing their job or doing a hard job and they should be, uh, we should forever should be grateful for any type of abuse that they put our way. Um, so, Caitlin, uh, did you see this happen? I was not here. I had just gone home. But I remember just the energy of, like, the area right right before I left was feeling a bit off. Um, I don't know if Kevin kind of gave a rundown of what the protest was like. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was feeling a little bit off, and we noticed there were cops just surrounding the whole area the whole time. And I was like, you know what? It's time to get out. So. One of the things too um, was it, it, it's it was intimated, and I wanted to make sure I get clarification. Was the police stalking her prior to the protest? Because I heard that was that was going on as well. Um, I cannot give a direct answer on whether or not they were, but at after the event, we and after she was taken, we had heard that there was already an unmarked car waiting for her at home, mm -hmm. in case somehow the cops here were not able to get her. Maybe they thought maybe she would have walked home, or we would all been together mm -hmm. and something like that. So. Prior to this event, I do not know if they had already had this planned, but I know during the event, um, using her First Amendment right and someone else, they had made statements um, talking about the comments that Ian Parkinson had made and uh, Deanna, um, the head of... Uh, Is that Cantrell? Deanna Cantrell? Yes, or? yes. They had both made statements about um, both of those officers. And then the events on the, on the freeway, I think then that those two, uh, Ian Parkinson and Deanna, then decided to have that go, uh, decide to make that plan go through. And so after the event, they had already had that set. They had somebody waiting for her just in case at home. So definitely, if not before, during they had set up a, a plan to take her in um, as if she was a terrorist or someone of high interest. So what happens now? What, what, what do you, what do you, want to achieve out of this because um, this is shocking to me and I know it's shocking to the rest of the world that's going to hear this because it's a scary time and we don't anticipate that even though I may have issues with the police I don't expect them which is why I get very uh, upset about to break the law or to abuse their power what do we want to accomplish out of this what do we want to know in order for us to help Tiana um, well, what I want to see first in order to help Tiana is, you know, security footage from the surrounding areas to really bring light to this, another side of the story because there's always two sides to a story. There's multiple parts. Um, it's not just one dimensional. So that's what I want to see. And I just want my community and communities uh, all around San Luis Obispo and the central, central Coast to still band together 
um, for Tiana and organize on her behalf because we need to continue this movement. We can't just put on one person to do this. Mm -hmm. And holding police accountable for their actions. Like in the future, I want to see police departments defunded. I want to see the abolition of police. That's what I personally want to see. So, you know, current, future, and uh, all along down the road, that's what I want to see. Okay, what, is, what, do, you, what do you want to see? Uh, if not, some, all, basically all the same things that she wants, um, I would like to see out of this case, I would like everybody who, I would like every able, able-bodied person to Yes, get the correct information about Tuesday's night's event and then actually contact the DA and tell them that what they're doing is wrong. Not only are they giving her five charges, but two of those charges are felonies and felony charges will ruin someone's life. Mm-hmm. And not and, and Tiana is a woman, but she is 20 years old. She's still a girl. She is somebody who is still growing up and she has a future. She's planning to go to college. These things will affect her future. Them they are trying to make an example out of someone for using their first amendment for just trying to speak up about events that not only affect her but others like her other people around her and other people that aren't like her but still fall in the same category being discriminated like her and these are all events that happen here in slow that slow pd won't take initiative in they happen around her and she just she just wants to do something about it so that's very important that gets done but then i would like to also see yes like the slow Slow in general, they have the statement that Slow is the happiest city in, in America. Okay. So, and Oprah made that, which is also, I think, funny for her to coin that and not really be part of this county like that. So, for me, when someone makes this statement, or if that's the statement of the city, it needs to be actually, Reflective. it needs to be effective. It needs to be built on the fact that we see these, we see races, we see bigotry, we see these things, but we attack it, we take it down effectively, we raise the, we make, we make the numbers of which all these incidents happen down to the most minute and that we actually then have that name, the happiest city in America, because we see these things, we acknowledge them, and we take care of them, not because someone wants to make that quote, and it only it's only sufficient to those who aren't actually affected to this area. All right, I think that's well said. And also, one of the things I want to point out with you, too, we always say that children are the future as well as the young people are the future in changing a lot of things that have been have, uh, let slide or let fester by the older generation. They've only did so much and they have basically have not, um, they have passed on the mantle. So if she's getting arrested and giving these charges, that's also, uh, is sending a message to yes. people not to speak up for your rights. Yes. To, to keep your head down and allow abuse to happen. And that's abusive. And despite the legal enforcement um, that uh, happens, I had uh, one question before I, 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 I log off. I wanted to ask both of you, Um, One of the things is, why is it that people here in San Luis Obispo don't realize there's racial tensions? What? So I just want to, before I answer that, I want to go back to the previous um, question. I think, you know, we kind of failed Tiana as a community. Everyone let her lead, which was great. You know, she's an amazing activist, a beautiful woman, Mm -hmm. just an amazing spirit. But we still need to protect black women at all costs. Mm -hmm. You know, black trans women, women, black femmes, black queer women every black woman needs to be protected so that's kind of my input on the last question and again um dan dow is our district attorney of uh san luis Obispo county so it's public information his email and phone number so you know contacting them would be an amazing help and back to the question about why people in slow want to disregard any racial tension i mean coming as a student 
at Cal Poly Slow, we had a blackface incident two years ago. It was my freshman year, mm -hmm. where a man at named... the happiest place in the world. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> where a imagine man that. <laughs> named Kyler Watkins, affiliated with the uh, national fraternity Lambda Chi Alpha, mm -hmm. um, did blackface, and it's all over the internet. Um, his affiliates, you know, dressed up as quote unquote gangsters, um, like Latinx gang gangsters, and it was just a complete embarrassment to the reputation of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. And I've talked, I've, sorry, I've spoken to the president of the um, university, Jeffrey Armstrong, and he's just been completely unhelpful. He has the same um, mentality as everyone else. They just want to disregard what's happening and, you know, just keep on getting the money from people who want to, you know, remain oblivious to actual real issues. And I've talked to so many students I've lost a lot of friends from just people who don't want to, you know, inform themselves. They want to remain ignorant because a lot of people come from wealthy communities in Colorado, Seattle, Marin County, the Bay Area, Walnut uh, Creek, you know, a lot, and Encinitas, California, mm -hmm. the really nice parts of LA, like Beverly Hills, Glendale, mm -hmm. a lot of kids come from there, and that's like half of our city. So. They just want to remain ignorant for the rest of their lives. They're not majoring in these majors like women's and gender studies, ethnic studies, um, all of that. And our curriculum fails students. We don't even have to take ethnic studies classes. We have to take like US history. And we all know what US history is all about. It's the white people's history. Mm -hmm. It's not about who actually built this country and what land we're on. Mm -hmm. And we're actually on Chumash land right now. So, That's you know. That's a native indigenous uh, uh, tribe's name. Yeah. yeah, from I think it's like Malibu mm -hmm. up to, uh, let's say, Passarokles. But yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, to basically piggyback off of everything that she said, since she's you know, so on point about it, Living here, so I've lived in San Luis Obispo for 14 years alone. I was up in Paso Robles County prior to this, and I was born in San Dimas. So, kind of coming from LA County to here, basically what she has said, this county in general, like any any county, any city, they're built of a whole population. You know, you have every type of class in it. But with this county, like so many other do, they they want to only mostly po be populated by those of upper class they that's the people that they're trying to attract um san luis county is a, is a mini santa barbara essentially um it's reflecting off of that um you find this and and so in conjunction with that the people who want to flock here are people who are associated with that mind frame high society people yes um those on the higher scale and so those people and not all people but most of those people obviously their mind frames are built off of making sure that their families and themselves are okay and mostly those people being white mm -hmm. regardless if they know directly or indirectly it's still direct the actions that they've taken or not taken have their i.e. their white privilege affect the community and this community is like i've said for the turn of the happiest city on earth because it's trying to base itself off of well just because everything else happens in the world we can still be the brightest town in the world and that's trying to negate everything that can happen around here. So it's the mind frame of the people. And, and to also say, if Cal Poly wasn't here, this town would be mostly dominated by elderly white people because that's the, the liberal side of this town really does come from Cal Poly, comes from Cuesta. It comes from people who want to question the authority. So that's 
so that's how you can already see that the town itself it, it's it's not even wholly within what that statement is said yeah. that statement is built off of just trying to build publicity mm -hmm. to bring more people who want that idea into this town but there this town I mean but also the location of where this is it's a beautiful town it's a beautiful city everybody has the right to be here but obviously like anywhere else that it's beautiful and has beautiful commodities and so forth there are those who want to take that away from others who want to experience that and so one of the main things is yes is racism how could there be racism in such a beautiful town like this with such beautiful people apparently well that's not the case because those beautiful people are human beings, are human beings. <laughs> and, and those human beings are choosing to to say that racism doesn't exist and that we're ugly and we're, we're causing all this pain, we're, we're causing all these things for for wanting to speak up about it. But w like the post, I made a post the other day that I had seen. Um, it said, if we stand, you're mad. We 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 uh, we protest. You're mad. Um, I forget. There was another one that said you're you mad. Kneel. But if, if you if you kneel, if we kneel, you're mad. But if we die, you're you're, you're silent. So mm -hmm. that's very much plated here in San Luis Obispo and especially with Ian Parkinson's words the other day saying that he doesn't believe that systemic racism uh, exists here or that the Black Lives Movement is not effective here because that doesn't exist here and that the only racism or the only prejudice that he experiences is that when he puts on his uniform so I mean what what has to be said about that please please think that they're the only ones who are treated differently because of what they wear but they choose to wear that, they choose to put on the badge, the actions that they have taken since the beginning when they have formed have not backed up what their statements have, the statements that they try to state about themselves mm -hmm. and that everybody else who is born of their color, we're, we're the problem. We're, we're, the, we're the problem, we're the ones who choose to make the problems on you. So it's, this city is very ass backwards. It's the sun is not up. It's very cloudy. Well, you know what? I think it's like this is the most major uh, colossal gaslighting of it, of it all is to say that there's no racism that doesn't exist here. It's just like it floats over San Luis Obispo and floats off into like an ozone uh, or a back to other cities. But it's like, and then the idea of the blue life matter nonsense is like, you know, they're being picked on. No one's picking on. I mean, we just decide to pick on police because they just have a uniform on. That's just really very, very alarming that they would say something like that. Yes. I mean, blue lives can't matter because blue lives don't exist, <laughs> exactly. period. And also, like, you know, this city, at least, if you're going to say racism doesn't exist, classism exists. Mm -hmm. And classism is rooted in racism. Indeed. So, Indeed. you know, that's just what we want people to realize. Like, we have real issues going on here, but people just want to live their happy little lives. Um, First of all, disregarding a pandemic 24-7. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'll say on that. Well, I thank you all for your coming in and your time, and I know you guys have been very busy. Um, and I will return, and I will probably follow up to see, hopefully, um, how things fare. And I would like to interview uh, you guys again, as well as Diana and her family and her lawyer, if you will. Um, hopefully this weekend but this is Theo Henderson from Weedian House is there any other protests or any other things that we should be aware about um okay so I'm helping organize a kids protest on August 9th here in San we want to make it as accessible as possible we're getting an ASL interpreter a Spanish interpreter um right here in Mitchell Park 
and we want to also like block off parking spaces for families who want to attend and just crack the window open and safely social distance and just ed educate our entire community um, our privileged community because this is a privileged community about uh, systemic racism and you can't be too young to learn about racism so Absolutely. yeah we're educating um, little children middle-aged children uh, bigger age children and it's gonna be organized by high school youth like I'm not even helping organize all of it uh, high schoolers doing all of this like she's overseeing all the committees so it's really just gonna be an amazing plethora of people and uh, there's going to be music and snacks and we just want to make it just such a great educational opportunity and we're going to march around Mitchell Park with all the little youngins, so yeah. Um, yeah, that's essentially what's planned for next and to basically piggyback on that, which what is really nice about it is the fact that yes, the high school is the one that's putting this together. So when we talk about that the youth is the, the next generation growing up, you can see that not only with this, with like climate change and so forth, the youth are really taking it upon themselves to make sure that their future is better. Because yeah, if San Luis wants to say it's the happiest city on earth, well, it'll be, it needs to actually be that way for the next generation and actually be like that instead of cloudy. Um, so it's nice to see that someone, yeah, who I believe she's 16, I'm 25. That's, you know, that's 11 years of a difference. So. That could be a very different, we can have very different mind frames. You can see that with, even with five years, people can have very different mind frames. So for her to take this as serious as maybe I have when I've started, that, that'll hopefully be, that, that'll give me, that gives me hope to see that that's the future we want. We want to change that. And yes, to have this event here in San Luis Obispo and to make it as almost one bodied for all for San Luis, that's, that's the whole point. So we can all be on the same page, so we can all understand the things that are happening in San Luis to actually, yes, to make things progressively better for all. And just to have these all these conversations outside and at home. Um, and for people to have them at school, to have them at comfortable, to, have, to feel comfortable about them. If, they, if, they, if they're feeling like that those conversations are already happening around their city, it'll be easier for them to talk about it individually. Well, there you have it. It's like, I, they're sending a very deeper message. The younger generation is sending a message uh, a lot of times I always hear the older generation always saying the disappointment with the youth. But I think this is where the opposite, the opposite is. is. I think the youth are disappointed in the older because they have failed in so many respects of listening and understanding that they need to change and be part of the change. This is Theo Henderson from We and House and I thank you all for listening and may we again meet in the light of understanding. from Weedian House for Weedian House Investigations. If one thing that's taught me about this investigation is America has a track record of silencing its protesters against the injustice that is inflicted by the American citizenry and American law enforcement. Tiana Arada is one of those casualties. She is a long list of people that is fighting for the equality and the safe treatment 
by law enforcement officials. It is ironic that the very people that she's fighting against have charged her with eight felonies and five misdemeanors in response to the retaliation and the abuse practices that is widespread around the world. There is no justification for you to attack or criminalize a person that is fighting for injustice. They took her, kidnapped her, held her hostage, and created and crafted a press release in order to vilify her. It is very apparent that the FBI or Internal Affairs should be one and to investigate these people instead of them. I hope that we listen to this as well as call to action to free Tiana. Her story is one that's like many other stories in America that doesn't get publicized correctly and fairly. The media is not covering it like it should. The San Luis Police Obispo is sending a message to the young protesters to say, if you protest again too, you will be criminalized as well. They won't come out and say it, but they're sending the message to ripple effect. But the movement will not stop. Black Lives Matter, for those who do not know, is about to protest against the police brutality and killing and abuse that is enacted on black Americans that are here in this country. No one's saying that they're anti-police, but they are anti-injustice. Many times, police escalate. Case in point, the time where they said that this woman and her family had robbed a motorcycle and took them out of the van and held them at gunpoint. Example number two, the sheriff's, Los Angeles Sheriff's Department has full weaponry out on black teenagers because they are claiming that they had a gun. Yet on that very same notion that there are other white people that have done uh, the same criminal acts or shot uh, people or police officers, they get a burger, they get uh, special treatment, and we have to listen to the sensitivity of their plight or their situation. So let's listen to the sensitivity and plight of Tiana's situation. Tiana is the victim here. She's not a criminal. She has the temerity as a young person that has come from a long line of civil rights activists that speak out against injustice. And she's another black woman that is singled out, criminalized in a similar vein as Angela Davis. This is our youth who is our future. But we send a message that our future that we cannot and they should not protest and should stay and put their head on the sand. What future are we going to make better if we can't leave the world a better place than when we found it? This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and Howell's Investigation. I thank you all for listening and may we again meet in the light of understanding.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. See new things, try new things, go back centuries while living in the moment, forge new paths while discovering old ones, pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.